0: Welcome to Season 5 of the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast, where we take the powerful Word of God and make it practical and relevant to your daily life, and especially to your job. Is your work difficult, and the environment you work in rarely pleasant, and the people around you harsh? Well then this podcast is going to be a good one for you, and maybe even if you said no, I've been looking forward to this 152nd episode on the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast because I've spent a lot of time working on it. <laughs> so I'm going to be reading from the notes I've been writing for quite a while. If it sounds like I'm reading, well, I might be because I want to get this right and I don't want to take any you know rabbit trails because we've got a lot to cover. There's a lot the Bible says about work. If you've listened to much of this podcast, you know that work is a blessing from God. And there are at least 12 places in Scripture that give us reasons why work is a blessing from God. And if you haven't heard that episode or any of them prior, go back and listen to them. They're pretty amazing. And yes, every single episode in the past five years or so is still available on your podcast player. You might have to scroll down through, but they're all there. Take the time and do that. Work is designed by God for His glory and for our benefit and for the benefit of the people around us. And it also is the vehicle, if I could use that term, that God uses or has us use to fulfill the very first commandment that He gave to us people. The very first commandment. Do you know what that is? You'll find it in Genesis 1.28, which says, Then God blessed them. How did he bless them? He blessed them by saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over everything in the earth and on the earth. And there is a whole lot to that verse. And I've got several podcasts where we kind of open that up and really explain what that is. So go back and look for those. Because a lot of people have wrong ideas about that. They think it's only about having babies. <laughs> and it's a whole lot more than that. And they also think that gives us license to destroy the earth. And it is so far from that, It's that's even laughable. So... That word dominion is really important to learn what the original Hebrew meaning of that word is. Subdue and dominion are words that a lot of people have twisted from the original God-given meanings. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. But that's for another podcast, okay? What we're going to talk about this time is working in a harsh environment. You know, the work conditions are harsh, or the people around you are harsh. And there are many reasons why it might be harsh. Here are a few. Uh, the company that you work for may have policies or handed down decisions that we don't agree with. Or maybe your boss is hard to work for on many levels. Or maybe our coworkers, or maybe even vendors or customers. Are harsh and unpleasant. Or maybe the equipment we have to use is old and antiquated, or not the best for the job, and we're expected to produce more with that old antiquated equipment. Or maybe we have less than optimal tools, or less than operable tools, and yet we're expected to do our job with those. Is anybody nodding their head in agreement? <laughs> Most of us probably even have various and colorful adjectives to describe those aspects of our work environment and that can make going to work a challenge at best. We Christians then struggle with accepting those challenges and we even question God, you know, asking, "Why do you have me here?" Or, "Maybe God doesn't even want me here. I'm not in his will here." And inevitably, we start thinking of quitting or looking for something else, and we pray that God would change the environment or move us to a better job. But what if our perspective was all wrong? Could we even fathom that God has us in that job and that environment on purpose? Is it possible what needs to change isn't the company or our boss or the co-workers or even the tools, but us. If you want your situation to improve, and I know you do, keep listening. Because what I'm about to say in this episode, and it may go into two episodes, we'll see how it goes, because there's a lot of content here, but this just may be the most important episode or podcast or sermon, if you want to call it that, (laughs) that you have heard in a very long time. And probably what you just need. We're going to hit the nail right on the head. Now understand this. I am not saying that God won't move you to someplace better. I believe he can and probably will. And I am not saying that God wants you to be miserable and hate going to work. I believe he doesn't. He does want you to be joyous and really like going to work. I am saying that our perspective can tend to be worldly and not biblically. So our perspective is what needs to change before our job does. And maybe that is what God wants from you before he does give you a better or a different job. He wants your perspective about where you are right now to change first. You see, it is easier to try to change our environment, but it is harder to try and change our perspective. Therefore, the first part of improving your situation is is bucking up and do what's harder because it will be easier in the end, okay? I have been through enough to know this true fact. (laughs) A lot of worldly things are easier at first, but get harder. And a lot of biblically-based things are harder at first, but get easier. Let's pick the biblically, okay? And so with any program that you enroll in, To make a big change in your life, there's this multi-step process that you have to go through, and this is similar, although a lot quicker. (laughs) Believe me, it is. This program has 10. (laughs) Well, they're not necessarily things you do in order, but I did kind of put them together in a sort of order, and they're not necessarily steps that you have to work on. Remember, this is changing your view types of things. Changing your mindset. Changing your thinking into what's more biblically right. And when you believe right, you will do right. So you need to have this mental attitude before you go to work and do the change. So let's do probably the first five in this episode. And then the next episode next week, we'll do the other five. And if you're new to this podcast, that's because I try and keep these podcasts at about commuter length, length of your commute, which statistics have shown that the average commute is about 24 minutes. So I try and keep them right around there because if we hit all of this at one time, it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose. And we want you to get this down and get it quick and make this change soon so you can move on to bigger, better things, right? Which, yeah, it may be in your job still. Or maybe something else that God has planned for you. So let's get started with number one. And that is, God loves you. Love is the number one characteristic of God. And once we understand that, letting it highlight the other nine items here, we will have a clearer picture of His motives Everything that God does or allows is for our good or works out later for our good. What God is allowing now is actually best for you, even though you may not see it now. James 1, 16 through 17 tells us to not be deceived. Every good and perfect gift, even your job, is from God the enemy, and the consequences of the fall, which you read about in Genesis chapter 3, which is two chapters after God said, work is a blessing. The results of that fall can cause bad things to happen. John 10.10 says that. It says that everything bad comes from the enemy who loves to destroy and steal, and even kill. But God says he is the basis, foundation, and source of joy and life to the fullest, a full and joyous life. And God can cause even the bad things that are going on around you now, or to you now, to work out for good. Romans 8.28 says that. And that's a promise of God, and God is a promise keeper. And yes, I've had to look and see if that verse is in my Bible many times. (laughs) Verify it's still there. And God has proven himself faithful to that promise. I can tell you for sure. And he will for you too. See, God's love for you overpowers anything bad around you sooner or later. Let me say that again. God loves you, and God's love for you overpowers anything bad around you sooner or later. Number two, God is in charge. We tend to underestimate the power, the authority, and the sovereign will of our Father in heaven. He has you where he wants you right now. Did you get that? He has you where he wants you right now. He may change that later, but for now, you are where he wants, working for who he wants and with those people he wants or places you in front of. He causes or allows your work environment to work toward his will for you. He teaches you. He grows you. He strengthens you and gives reasons for His glory in your work environment. He may even use your situation or situations to help others later, as He told Peter. There are dozens of Scripture passages validating this. Second Chronicles 26, Proverbs 19.21, Isaiah 41.10, are just a few. And if you listen to this with your Bible, pause it and look those up. Allow God to write your testimony. Did you get that? Allow God to write your testimony of His power, of His love, and His grace for His glory. And because of number one on this list, For your good, too. Number three. God works in seasons. Throughout Scripture, and especially in Ecclesiastes 3, the term seasons is used to describe whatever situation you were in, and that it will change in due time. You may be going through a rough time now, but it will end And something better will come. Each season brings new things and a new hope. Right? However, many seasons can tend to run long and get tiresome. (laughs) Believe me, I know. (laughs) That crunch of 2008 to 2012 was really long. (laughs) But they always change. And they bring new things and a new hope. You won't be stuck in your situation forever. Maybe you're living the Joseph syndrome. You know what that is? Do you remember the story of Joseph in the Old Testament? Where his brothers threw him in a pit, left him for dead. (laughs) And then one of them realized, hey, we probably better not kill him. Let's sell him as a slave. And then when things got going a little better for him, he was falsely accused and thrown in prison and that went on for a little while and then well things changed but look at how we ended up ended up like the number two in command over all of Egypt wow so make the best of it now being faithful to him now you will get through this season you'll see number four God places authority in addition to the number two one that we just talked about, it's hard but necessary to realize that God also orchestrates who is your boss. Romans 13, one through five explains this without question and even uses the word authorities appointed over us by God. And that includes your boss or your manager or the owner. 1 Peter 2:13 through 14 tells you to submit to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Did you get that word submit? Yep. And God knows that can be hard with some people. So he says to submit to them for the Lord's sake meaning doing so as a representative of Jesus and for Jesus. Work for that person as if you're working for Jesus. Remember, we're to respect the position, even when it's hard and seemingly impossible, (laughs) to respect the person. Yes, we're to respect the position and understand that God has placed the person in there maybe for our good or maybe for his glory or to accomplish his plan or plans which may or may not involve you 1 hmm. Peter 2:18 tells us to be submissive to your masters with all fear not only to the good and gentle but also to the harsh Yes, look it up. It says that. 1 Peter 2.18 Be submissive to your masters with all fear. That word fear means respect and obey their authority. And do so honestly, heartily, without partiality, being salt and light around them. Now let me read that again. Be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. You got a bad boss? Respect them honestly, heartily, without partiality, being salt and light around them, being Jesus' representative around them. And yes, that may be hard to do, But remember, God's counting on you. He knows you can do it. You can be like Christ around a person like that. And that brings me to number five. You are God's representative in your job. Yep, fittingly, after I just said that last one, we need to realize people know we are Christians. Hopefully, hopefully they know you're a Christian. Hopefully you're not so much like them or so much like the world that they can't tell you're different. Hopefully they know you're a Christian and therefore they're watching you closely. And that's a good thing. But yeah, kind of hard, right? We want everyone around us, even our boss, to come to Christ. God loves that person. God has placed infinite value on that person. And wouldn't it be nice if they became a Christian? Wouldn't it be even nicer if God gave you the opportunity to lead them to the Lord? Or gave you at least the opportunity to plant a seed that the Holy Spirit and maybe someone else bring him to or her to? their knees in repentance and asking Jesus to be their Savior and Lord. And your part in that starts by them seeing Christ in you, in your actions and in your words and in your fear of them. Remember that word fear? It means respect. It means honoring and yeah, with just a little bit of being afraid because they're in charge and they could fire you at any minute. <laughs> I probably shouldn't laugh about that. But anyway, let me reiterate that concept. The only gospel or good news message that they see or hear may only come from you. Your words, your actions, your attitude... Your work ethic and that steadfast joy that you seem to have, that underlying hope that you seem to have to them. Let me say it the way Jesus said it, being a light and a dark world. In a very dark room, one little candlelight can light up the whole place and everyone looks at it and gathers around. Can you be that? Of course, that means there will be dark, worldly people around you. Otherwise, your light wouldn't be seen. Live and act and have such a great attitude that you stand out like a light in a dark room so others will see and ask you about your light. And like I said, 1 Peter 3.15 says, have a ready answer, ready to share the good news. When they come and ask you, And remember, you can share Christ because they came to you and asked you. Your answer is on their terms. I also think God sends people our way so we can be a godly influence on them. Maybe that means other Christians who just aren't really living for the Lord, but they see that you are and they want to be like you. And maybe even if they aren't Christian, you can still be part of planting a seed that will help them in some way, including steering them towards salvation through Christ. It helps if you look at each person around you as someone God sent for you to influence. I think that's a good place to end this podcast for today. Be sure to tune in next Thursday where I will have the last five items of how to work in a harsh environment.